The top three annuity regrets. That sounds different. I thought annuities were awesome. They can be pretty awesome, but sometimes people rush into things and they end up with something that they didn't really realize they were getting into. Or people just don't listen. So (laughs) things happen. Over 56% of Americans don't feel like they're on track to retire comfortably. And it's no surprise. Retiring with confidence is not as simple as it used to be. That's why each week we talk about the many challenges of modern retirement and share some of the best strategies for overcoming each and every one. So that you can make sure you're putting your hard-earned savings towards the retirement of your dreams. I'm Brandon. And I'm Brantley. Welcome to Retire With Confidence. For more, be sure to visit retirewithconfidencenow.com. We've addressed the fact before that insurance companies, they want to be innovative. They want to be accommodating. They want to be able to- It is a competitive market after all. I mean- Absolutely is. So they want to be able to address a number of different needs based on a huge array of different fact patterns. Right. And so they make a lot of efforts, sometimes dimwittingly, to just be able to accommodate this huge swath of different possible objectives and strategies that people are trying to to target. Right. And unfortunately, one of the the side effects of that is complexity that comes along yeah. with some of these products. And yeah. the the trick for people like you and I is matching the right fact pattern to the right product that exists. That's right. that's what any good advisor, agent, whatever you want to call them would would be tasked with doing. And right. not everybody does that super well. And then one step further, we try to make sure that every client understands what it is they're they're buying mm-hmm. to the best of our ability. Obviously, there's a lot of pieces and parts in these things nowadays. So we try to simplify things as much as possible and always let people ask as many questions, encourage them to ask as many questions as they need to feel comfortable so right. that they, under, they understand all of the moving parts in there. That's what we're going to talk about. Yeah. I'm at a loss for words, Brandon. At a loss for words already? We're only like a minute into this. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and one other thing, actually, I had yeah. one other thought. The complexity is something that we have publicly talked about before not being in favor of a lot of the complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it actually is additive and has improved annuities over time. But you and I have been doing this for a uh, long more time. Than, Let's go with that. Long, <laughs> yeah. Combined for several decades. When you and I first, because we've talked about this privately. When we first offered annuities to our clients 15 years plus years ago, annuities were so simple and thus the paperwork to complete an application for an annuity was a couple pages. Yep. Um, now, we're not talking about variable annuities. This is fixed fixed annuities, which would include um, multi-year guarantee annuities, immediate annuities, fixed indexed annuities, or as they used to be called, equity indexed annuities. Don't say, yep. don't say that out loud. Now, annuity applications are... 20 plus pages. Voluminous. Yeah. Voluminous. Right. So that matches the complexity, as was my only point. Yeah. All right. So let's get into these. All right. Number one, ignoring market value adjustments. The dreaded MVA. Yeah. So MVA is a, it's as a, as a subject, it, it's, it's a little deeper in the, the annuity discussion because it's, it's not something that at least if you go back a few years was really front and center of most conversations. Yep. But it's, it's kind of always been there. It's it's always been very much about a component of applications, illustrations, but most people skip those pages because, because they put the formulas in there. So it it looks like 
oh, I got to do algebra again. Yeah, um, yeah. I- illustrations that, you know, uh, yes and no. There were some it's not that, that, yeah. that, that talked about it. A lot that are really obtuse about it. And, yeah. and even today, it's usually in there. Yeah. But it, 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 it's more of a, hey, this could change things sure. kind, of, kind of disclosure. So let's, let's, let's let the uninitiated know what, what market value adjustment is. Very, very simply, it, it is an adjustment that is made to the cash surrender value of an annuity dependent on the movement in interest rates over a certain period of time which is a pretty recent clear, period of time. It's clear as mud, Brandon. Yeah. So with an example, let's say you have $100,000 of cash surrender value in your policy. Now you're still mm-hmm. in the surrender period. So you actually have more cash value than 100,000. Well, let's just say you have 100,000 in cash surrender value. And interest rates have been on a steady rise for the past 12 months. Right. Sound familiar? Yeah. So what, what market value adjustment would do in that case is say interest rates have risen by a certain percentage, which means we're going to deduct a certain percentage away from your cash surrender value. Right. And that now means if you cancel the contract, you're not going to get $100,000. You're going to get some number less than $100,000. Right. So maybe maybe the, the calculation comes out to a 5% reduction. So now you've got $95,000 of actual money you will receive if you were to cancel the contract. Right. We should note that market value adjustment is only applicable during the surrender period. So while the surrender charge is in in action, market value adjustment is also in action. Once you're beyond the surrender period, this no longer matters. It only applies to money in excess of what you have available. You get what I'm saying? It only applies to money that's subject to surrender charge, I guess is my point. So you can have a free withdrawal amount come from the annuity that's not. I'm just... I don't want people to think because an annuity has a market value adjustment, that means all annuities are bad and, you know, yeah. everything you're going to take out is subject to this. It's not. It's yeah, not. don't 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 listen to this and say, okay, I need to go out and buy an annuity that does not have a market value adjustment because good you luck may, with that. may very well be putting yourself in, a, in, a, in a, an impossible position to do anything good. Yeah. First um, of all, there's very few that don't anymore. Yeah. And generally speaking, they're much less competitive on the features that actually would help you or benefit right. you. So. All we're saying is that it exists. Right. And and to give a little bit of background on, on why it exists. So that was going to be my in, next question. <laughs> insurance companies, they don't view your cash value the way you view your cash value. Your cash right. value is a liability to them because Correct. they owe it to you if you want it. Right. So they have to have assets on hand to be able to make you whole in terms of your, your cash value that's in there. Yep. So they have so they buy bonds. Yep. And those bonds will accumulate in value in order to give you your your cash, but also provide you with the guaranteed contract features of your annuity. Right. Now, if you buy a bond and interest rates go up, your ability to sell that bond is still on the table, but your ability right. to sell that bond for what you bought it for pretty much goes out the window. That's right. Now you're going to have so to you, sell it at a discount, at yep. a loss. This right. is why market value adjustment exists. The insurance company is accounting for the fact that if you se- if you go up to them and say, hey, you know what? I changed my mind. I don't want to do this. Give me my money back. Right. They now have to sell the bonds that they bought to cover your cash value. And if interest rates have risen, they're not going to be able to sell them for, for the price they paid. That's so right. they won't actually have the money yep. that represents cash value in your annuity. This is a hedge for them to avoid... Yep problems with with having the cash available to pay you this is actually a feature not a bug i guess um because mm-hmm. a lot of people will say that's how they get you 
You know, there's yeah. all these there's all these gotchas in there. Well, unique quirk of of insurance companies. We're gonna nerd out on insurance stuff for two seconds. Insurance companies are not like banks. And so when you give an insurance company a dollar, they actually have to keep a dollar mm-hmm. on hand. So they can't just go and make up money out of thin air like a bank does if everyone says, I want my deposits back. Well, okay. There is no Fed that they can go to and borrow to, to right. make you Right, they hold. can't just add zeros in a, in a piece of software and all of a sudden they have more money. That's That's not how it works. So if you surrender under the MBA, the insurance company actually has to sell assets to, or could potentially have to, I, I should say. They, they actually have to give you the cash back that they took from you. So mm-hmm. they can't just make more. Yep. The, that's why the hedge exists. That was my yep. long-winded point. Now, you should also understand that the inverse of all this is true. So if interest rates go down, market mm-hmm. value adjustment could actually enhance your cash value. Yep. We saw and that a few years we ago. Did. We did. We saw that coming out of 2008, mm-hmm. interest rates were dropped very quickly. And very extremely. And as a result of that, there were a number of people who ended up with kind of a, a, a motivation to, to cancel their old annuity contract because they yep. would walk away with more money than they'd otherwise be able to get out of it. Yep. So it, it happened again, I believe in 2020, there was a period um, okay. because interest rates had fell again. There were what it meant was that there were people able to walk away, even though they were under surrender, their surrender period, they were able to walk away with with cash more than what their surrender value was. So that was an interesting quirk, which allowed people, and people would be like, well, okay, so what? Well, what it allowed people to do was get out of old contracts that didn't have awesome features like some of the newer contracts have, income riders, et cetera, et cetera, that are better nowadays than they used to be. Um, it allowed people to move and early, so. Here's the bottom line. Does the annuity contract have a market value adjustment? Right. Probably 98% of the time, the answer to that will be yes. Right. How long does it last? The real question there is how long is the surrender period? Because market value adjustment follows the surrender period. Right. And lastly, is there any chance you think you see yourself deciding within that surrender period, I'm going to walk away from this? Because generally speaking, that's a bad setup to buy an annuity anyway. I was going to, you stole the words right out of my mouth. If if you're concerned that you're going to be subject to a market value adjustment, you probably shouldn't be buying an annuity. Number two, buying from the bank. Buying from the bank. Yeah. As a former bank wealth advisor. I'm so glad you said that because I, <laughs> I did, I did want to start this by, by setting the stage and then handing it all over to you as the resident bank financial consultant. Uh, oh, yeah, that's what that's, you remember better than I did what it was called. <laughs> I couldn't even remember. And hey, it's you guys so even long. had a professional magazine. Hey, so they say. Um <laughs> I got it for years, didn't I? I forgot about it. You remember more things than I do about me. That's good. It's good to have a business partner that knows everything. So one of the things that I would say, uh, and I, I don't honestly know the current state of bank financial consultants or advisors or whatever. Um, I know they're still out there. I don't think it's as prevalent as it once was. It's such a drop in the bucket for a bank in terms of revenue compared to making loans. Um, and taking deposits that most of them thought, it's a really good idea. And then they realized, except it doesn't really make that much money. There were a lot of annuities sold in banks when I was, when I was in that world. Um, I would say it was more than 75% of all of the financial products that were sold by, quote unquote, bank financial consultants was annuities. So they weren't out there selling mutual funds. They were some, but 
Rarely. It was okay. more it was more annuities. Now, that can sound bad and sound like, well, clearly they were just motivated by compensation. Obviously, there were some of those people. You're also working with people who tend to be less sophisticated and have lower liquid net worth than you and would. A lot of annuities are just simpler and they they tend to cause fewer service headaches. Right. Right. The problem with it is banks typically will allow their advisors a very, very, very small menu of product options to choose from. You can only, mm -hmm. it's not like you and I can offer literally any annuity product that's sold. Right. Probably, there's probably a few exceptions because of some special deals or something that various carriers have. But by and large, we can offer anything we want to our clients. Um, yep. In a bank, you can only sell from a pre-selected menu. A very small pre-selected menu. Yeah. And you may not even have, you may have all of sort of the name brand insurers that anyone would use or some of them. Ones that you'd see on TV commercials. You will not have unlimited access to all of their products. You might have Allianz, but you will have two of Allianz's products. And you might have New York Life, but you'll have one of their, I'm just using those as examples. Yeah. So you have a very limited menu to offer to your clients. And that is not a great thing because as Brandon mentioned earlier, one of the biggest advantages that we have is that we can fit the client to the correct product based on their particular circumstance, what it is they need. So product A may be a great fit for Bob and a terrible fit for Sharon. So mm -hmm. um, just depends on what they need to do. You know, the other thing that, that always sort of bothered me about banks when it came to annuities is there's, there's kind of a mind trap that, that banks fall into and the way that they think about accumulation throughout savings and investment products is very bank-like. Yeah. In my experience, everybody who spoke to the guy, the gal at the bank about annuities tended to have the conversation deeply, deeply rooted in the CD-like yeah. essence. That was common. Yeah. That so was common. it was all about what the interest rate was. Right. Well, you and, think about it, it's an easy sale, right? Yeah. If someone's accustomed to buying CDs and the bank's only paying two and a half percent and you go, well, I can give you this five-year annuity that has 5% guaranteed for five years. And that's, that's fine for a certain group of people. Sure. But there's never any conversation outside of that. And that's the part that, that becomes somewhat problematic. Yep. I've also seen the, the conversation about annuities be incredibly underwhelming. Yeah. Like, oh, you should get the annuity because it's a, it's a tax shelter shell that you can right. put your money into and not pay taxes on for a while, like you do on your CDs here. Right. And I mean, yeah, that, that is a truism it's not untrue. Of, of annuities, yeah. but there's so much more than that. Yeah. There may be other annuity products with different features that would benefit that person, but how would you even know if you don't ever have a conversation with them? So Generally, the rep at the bank, it's very rare for them to possess a deeply, deeply expert level yeah. knowledge of annuities. Right. And even more so, I've known some good bank advisors. I'm, I don't, I'm not trying to lampoon them all. I've known some great people and, yeah. some, gr and some great advisors. A lot of times they're not in full control of right. the advice they're giving you. The knowledge pool is somewhat shallow and 
the offering pool is usually very shallow. Yeah. And it, and it's very high pressure. Yeah. In terms of the sales yep. expectations. All right. Number three. Number three. Not understanding the difference between guaranteed and projected features. That one will get you. That one's that one's tough. Yeah. That one's tough. And and you know, for the layperson, it's very easy to get confused. Right. Because annuities are are often discussed synonymously at times with the word guarantee. So we want to buy the annuity because it has guarantees. But what we may not understand when we look at the annuity features is what specifically is the guaranteed feature and what may be a projected non-guaranteed feature. Right. Because a lot of annuities do have projected non-guaranteed features that I would argue significantly enhance what they have to offer. Sure. But those those features only materialize if conditions that are conducive to that also follow right. suit. We have to, that's we have the to hope. frame the expectation correctly, yeah. That's the hope. That's the hope of the insurance company. Again, they want to deliver value to, to the policyholder, Absolutely. but they're not going to lose money in the pursuit of that. They make lots of efforts to, to create those features and they, they try to lay the best foundation for them to take flight. Yes. But it doesn't always work out that way. Right. Um, and I'm not saying that it doesn't work out, everything falls, crashes and burns. I'm just saying sure. it doesn't work out to the extent that we thought yeah. from that projection. Right. Um, now, there are always going to be certain people, mostly marketers, not so much insurance companies, that will look at the features and try to manipulate them in an illustrative style to promise way more than this thing's ever realistically going to give you. I'm right. going to totally tell you that that's, that exists. But the crucial thing here is looking at annuities, especially, let's take income, because that's chief reason people buy annuities. Some annuities have a very specific guarantee on what the income amount is. Right. If you put X amount of dollars in, you will get Y amount of dollars out for whatever this period of time is. Sure. And there is no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Right. Others will tell you if you put X amount of dollars in, you will absolutely get Y dollars out, but you could also get Z dollars out instead if things go well. And those annuities have a great amount of attractiveness because those non-guaranteed elements are ways to capitalize on what is going on, greater economic condition-wise, right. to go beyond just some basic level of guarantee. Right. Right. But, but if your condition is such that you absolutely, without any negotiation, need a certain level of income, you cannot, should not, and just don't go out and buy the annuity that shows that level of, I got to absolutely have it as a projected amount of income. Right. Yep. Exactly. And, and generally speaking, we'll just some anecdotal experience sure. in, in our practice when we are are talking about an annuity that has a and let's call it an enhanced income feature such that you could you have a base level but you could receive more mm -hmm. possibly we generally want to see people using those who have a little bit longer time horizon before they're going to actually need to turn on income from the annuity um, right if it's a very short duration in that you know, they're buying it this year or next year, they want income. I, that's extreme, right? But we're probably not going to focus a significant portion of their money on that. We may, on that type of product, we may use that type of product, but set it out, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to start using that or six years from now, we're going to start considering that. Give it some time um, because who knows year to year what's going to happen um, in terms of the, the various 
I, I'm talking about it as if it was a fixed index annuity, but that because those features typically exist on those products. But the other thing that people overlook because they they look at this in sort of all or nothing terms. So yeah. I got to have five thousand dollars a month in income, right? So if this thing doesn't guarantee five thousand dollars a month of income, what you're telling me, Brandon and Brantley, is I I just shouldn't buy it. What we're telling you is you should buy the annuity that can create $5,000 of income. And if you want to put more money into annuities and achieve potentially something even higher than that $5,000 to go do whatever it is you want to do, that's fine. Yeah. Nobody said you can only buy one. Right, right. And if, if you just don't have enough money to get to 5,000, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it at all. You should you should you should buy the the version or combination of annuities that gets you as close to that five thousand as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. If if it's an absolute drop dead number, like I gotta have yeah. five thousand a month, we don't think that you should just abandon the concept all altogether. Unless you need five thousand, and that's three times the amount you have saved. I, right. I mean, you're in trouble no matter what at that point. Right. And buying an annuity is not going to help the situation. Yep. But um there's there is a distinction that gets made and annuities that do use guaranteed versus projected values are pretty explicit about what is guaranteed and what is projected. And the the trick I think for the for the the buyer who's typically a layperson is you have to kind of gauge the likelihood of the projected scenario. Right. And that's extraordinarily difficult to do if you don't do this every day. Right. So you got to rely on somebody to give you guidance on that. Finding a person who can can do that and speak intelligently on that, um, that's, that's yeah. part of the trick. Well, the last thing I wanted to say is these are regrets. These are not negatives to annuities. So I don't want people yeah. to, to hear us frame it. These are just things that we know that people have expressed to us over the years that were actual regrets um, of theirs after the fact. Mm-hmm. We we very much um, like annuities, and we want people to frame them correctly, and that's why we're talking mm-hmm. about this. That is very true. So can be great, but just come into it with with adequate expectations and understand some of the pluses and minuses, um, features, not bugs, as you put it earlier. Yep, and work with people like us who can help guide you. That's all I wanted for today, right? We'll see you next time.